Hello and welcome to the Weird World Podcast, where we podcast about stuff weird in the world. You're good. Oh, wow. I think they know that by now, but yeah. How, you know what? Somebody could have clicked on this. This is the first episode they've ever okay. listened to. Well, if so, welcome. Hope not you e- enjoy. Not everybody is um, so fastidious that they have to listen from episode one. Is fastidious really the, uh, the word you're looking I don't for know. Okay. But what's your name? My alt, Carrie. What's your name? <laughs> I'm Jack. I'm Dean. Sounds like we just met each other. And also, here's my hint about podcasts. The first few episodes are typically pretty bad. True. So, you know, unless you need to set something up. You just skip I think them. our first like forty or so. <laughs> well, it was an equipment issue. Skip, skip ahead for to us the, to the middle of what. But that's probably pretty common with indie podcasts. Yeah, you know. True. Okay, fascinating conversation. But so uh, Dean's going to talk about. Well, you know, some, maybe somebody's thinking about making their own podcast. Right. What are you going to talk about, Dean? I am going to talk about something I think you'll find weird, interesting and oh. weird, and a little bit uh, unsettling. Can I tell you what I find weird right now? What? Your hair is doing oh, so weird. Oh, yeah. Is that intentional? I don't that know what it swoop? looks like because I can't see myself. Really? I'm doing, I, I got a swoop going on? You got yeah. a little cone. And- Not anymore. Okay. That's great. <laughs> Mom is... Do you have ADHD right Seriously. now? Like- Seriously. This is focus. Okay, I'm going to start. So, John Krogan. C-R-O-G-H-A-N. Ever heard of him? No. No, It sounds like a Neanderthal race. No, no. That would be a good name for uh, Neanderthal. Sure. Girl, who cares? I don't know. Uh, He was a 19th century doctor in the United States of America. Already bad. Why? 19th century doctors. They didn't know very much back then. Well, (laughs) that's for the case, for the sake of this story, that's a good thing. Yeah. So he was born in 1790 in Jefferson County, Kentucky. That's in the southeastern United States. For those of you listening outside of the country or inside the country and don't know much about your country. Which is a lot of people. where they race horses and make bourbon. Uh Yes. They have the... the, Kentucky, Kentucky Derby, Derby in Kentucky. That's odd, oddly that's enough. the extent of my knowledge of Kentucky. Oh, okay. And Louisville. Louisville. Like oh, that. yeah. He was Baseball actually. Um, now this is this is when Kentucky was an absolute frontier, very sparsely settled, and, and still kind of a dangerous place. He was the nephew of William Clark. Does that name ring a bell? No. You've Lewis and Clark of the Lewis and Clark expedition of 1805 that oh. opened up the entire western what would become the western United States. Sacagawea. Sacagawea, Lewis and Clark. That wait, Clark was his uncle, William Clark. William Clark. Hmm? Who that? Did- Lewis and Clark, Meriwether Lewis and William Clark. Those, oh. were the, those were Lewis and Clark. I didn't know his first name. Well, now you I do. didn't either. I, 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 I knew Meriwether, but I didn't I, yeah, know. well, because Meriwether. Yeah, it's a good name. <laughs> it's a very good name. Yeah, but can we? Still named Jack Merriweather? Absolutely not. Possibility. Bitch. You said you just liked it. Whatever. No, but you know, I, I did not say no such thing. Grandchildren may come someday. All right. I think we get to name them. I don't see why not. <laughs> Meriwether and Matilda. Yes. Got it. Got it. Yeah, they won't be left. But it has to be the Germans building on Matilda. <laughs> After graduating from the University of Pennsylvania's medical school, <laughs> in 1813, he went back home to Kentucky to tend to the sick of his home state. In 1822, he inherited his father's estate. It was a plantation called Locust Grove. Mm. So he used that money. He founded the Louisville Marine Hospital in 1823. And he was the head of it for a decade. So he was a fine doctor, a learned scholar. He got kind of antsy, though, eventually. He left to travel the world and off to kind of explore the world a bit. So he's in London doing that whole world explanation kind of 
exploration kind of thing. <laughs> I still can't <laughs> say that word. He heard about these amazing caves that were all the rage among the European jet set of the time. That's weird. weird. Yeah, very they were, weird. They were kind of on every young gentleman's to-do list if they were visiting the United States. They were called the Mammoth Caves of Kentucky. Have you um, not heard of those? No? I feel like no. I have. This is, I think, the biggest cave system in the world. Okay, yes. I really? Have heard of yes. It then. Turns out they were just about 100 miles, 160 kilometers, south of Krogan's home in Louisville, Kentucky, kind of in central Kentucky. And he had to go to London to hear about them? I, he, I don't know if he, he probably knew about them when he was back in Kentucky, but he's in London, you know, hanging out with the, the yeah. glitterati, and he hears everybody's like, oh, have you been to the caves? Oh, you must go. That's my, it's not in English. He's like, oh, I live. Just a hop, a skip, a jump, and away. I've been there so all the time. So you made an Italian somehow? <laughs> what? It sounded like I'm just a hop, a skip, it? a jump at a time. I'm a never, never been there. Sir, this is evidence. You say one single syllable, and he thinks you're Italian. Mm-hmm. By 1839, Krogan was back in Kentucky in Louisville, kind of reestablished himself as a successful Louisville doctor. He never married, though. Just FYI. By Gay. The, as an aside. Suspicious. Wow. Oh my God, Gary! Oscar Wilde, much. Mm-hmm. Did you? That one did president. his whole gay comment just? No, I didn't hear. Escape? You oh, didn't you notice? Hear yell gay? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, Are you God, kidding me? That. Okay, Ken Jong. Uh, he might have been gay. <laughs> <laughs> so he's off adventuring closer to home now, and he visits the Mammoth Cave system that he had heard so much about in London. I'm scared of him. This, this, I mean, this, this is like. Scary a case. city under the earth kind of a thing. It, it, it's just massive. It goes on forever. We'll, we'll talk about it more in a second. So Krogan was impressed. I mean, the Mammoth Caves are awe-inspiring. They, they are, they're home to like these massive rooms, as well as hundreds and hundreds of tunnels just spiraling for miles beneath the earth. They have rooms that are the size of cathedrals, like, um, like grand ballrooms. Huge, huge, huge high ceilings, all of it carved by water through limestone. I think, I hope. Probably. What? Yeah. So he's awed by the caves, but he was all so. So here he is. He's really impressed by these caves. He's also a fairly wealthy man for the time. So what do you do? Um, explore the caves. You buy them. I was. Oh. I was. I was going to say that as a joke. <laughs> he. I was going to. Oh my god. He bought the two thousand acres along the Greenville River in eighteen thirty nine for ten thousand dollars. They they included. Most the of case? the mammoth cases. Holy moly. Yeah, I mean, they, they were owned by just some, like Lawrence Cronin or something like that, or Gorin. Oh, I'm sorry, Franklin Gorin owned them and, and used them as kind of a, a you know, a, a tourist trap, essentially. They remember they were already a major tourist attraction by this time. So huh. it's a huge chunk of land that he bought. Wait, was he charging admission? Yes. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Guided tourists. And there are various ways in different farmers and such had them, but he this was the most this was like the main entrance and the most well known one that he bought. And he bought a, a, again two thousand acres. That's eight hundred nine hectares, by the way. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, three square miles. So this is a huge chunk of land, eight square kilometers. Hey, I'm trying to be inclusive. I think, as I mentioned, Krogan bought the land from a guy named Franklin Gorin, and as a, um, just as a solid, I guess, Franklin Gorin kicked in his slaves. Into oh. the deal. So he bought both uh, the land and, and Goran's slaves, uh, Krogan did. They would be very helpful. You'll, you'll, you'll see in a bit. Hmm. Krogan, with his slaves as guides, immediately set about exploring 
his new treasure, going everywhere he could throughout the cave system. It's one of the biggest cave systems in the world. It might be the biggest. I'm not positive. It is the is longest it? cave system okay. in the world. It includes over no. 400 miles, 640 kilometers that's of tunnels and passages. Many. That's, I mean, that's amazing. I can't even More visualize that. More are discovered every year. So it's, it's just this intricate, hmm. massive. Can I ask a dumb world. question? Yes. What's going on on the land on top of it? Normal stuff. Just land. Yeah, it's just open land, forest, that kind of thing. At that time, what's going on on top of it now? Uh, I don't know. It's probably still. It's a national park. So yeah, it's probably I was about still to say. forested. Still, so it's not like. Yeah, I don't think. No, it's not like. I don't. I don't. It may be farmed in some areas, but it's. I, I, it's it's riddled with caves, so I don't know. I mean, I'm what, sure what happens if you build a no, yeah, master plan community on top? You know what I mean? Well, is there because again, it's a national is park, there but, ever any danger that caves will collapse or anything? Yes, yeah. there is probably if yeah. you do build a massive because you think that's got to happen, right? If I'm sure it has, but like he said, it's a national Na- park. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like a national a, park. What's the word? It's protected. Yeah, yeah, like it, reserved. In 1972. Researchers discovered, not 1972, not that long ago, they discovered that the Mammoth System actually connected to the nearby Flint Ridge Cave System, That's making it the Flint Mammoth System, making it just, you know, almost doubling its size. There's huh. been other connections to other smaller systems throughout. It's this whole area is just massive limestone. Can caves. I ask another dumb question? Sure. Yeah. Oh, did you already cover this? How they're, how are they formed? Water. Water. Is it is water? Mm-hmm. Hmm. How? You sound suspicious. <laughs> I don't think so. I is think it's it aliens a, uh, using yeah. lasers. Mole people? We already covered that in the lizard people of Los Angeles, all right? It's not that. It wasn't it's, them. It's, they, they I know, were in water, Los Angeles. Water from what? Rivers. <laughs> um, what do you mean? <laughs> God. They, it's just water. I mean, it's, 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 it's a very well-watered area. This is Kentucky. It's, it's green. Rivers, it rains a lot. streams, brooks, Yeah, it's underground. So yeah. It, yeah. It, it, the caves are very wet. There's, there's, there, there are streams in the cave system. Yeah. Springs. Yeah. That kind of thing. Springs. So uh, just from like millions of years ago. Mm-hmm. and it just, Absolutely. Over time. Interesting. Water's a powerful forest, Karen. I know it is. Erosion. Yeah, she is. She, is. she just learned about the erosion. The cliffs of Dover. She skipped yeah. geology in school, I'm assuming. Right? Well, I never took a geology real. class. What are you Sorry. talking about? <laughs> That's what I said. American education system. <laughs> it's so obvious. Far. Stop it. Uh, do, do you no, disagree? I disagree. You, know, I you do learn about this system. stuff. If, you, if, you, if you're interested, you retain it. In you know, a, you in a, but a quick little <sighs> you know, you. unit no, in a not. science course, it's not. Yes. You know, okay. You don't learn that Once. much. Okay. 379 feet as 115 meters <laughs> it is its deepest point discovered so far. So it goes down there quite a ways. I don't I mean, like think that. about that. It's like almost 40 like stories down. Yeah. So. Though the cave system has been extensively mined for saltpeter over the years, which is an ingredient in gunpowder. It's also what they use to chemically, cra- chemically castrate people. <laughs> chemically castrate people. Yes. Chemically or castrate. Castrate. It's, uh, so Krogan, but Krogan bought the caves not to mine them, but to, as a tourist attraction, right? Yeah. Again, it was already super famous. It, it brought international visitors. It had uh, some things called the Rotunda, big, massive underground cabin. It had a haunted chambers way, way deep inside. Girl. And it had a famous pool called the Bottomless Pit, this black water Ooh. deep, deep, deep inside. Bitch. Many of the pools and the channels, you know, the, the, the streams essentially, had eyeless fish, <gasps> pure white crawdads. That's cute. And bats were roosting uh, everywhere. Yeah, that's the best part. Yeah, bats are cool. But oh, the he, bottomless pit of a yeah. fucking pool, get me out of I'm there. Sure it had a bottom, but it was kind of famous for like, oh, it goes down real deep. You should have like harvested the, one... the bat guano for fertilizer. Yeah, well, maybe that's... You know, and, our <laughs> and, and our bombs. And our what? Bombs. 
Bombs, really? Bombs. Okay. Guano bombs? Bat poop yeah. bombs? All right. I'll take your word for it. Don't they make bombs out of that stuff? Nitrogen. I don't think so. Yeah. Nit- potassium nitrate. That's saltpeter. Mm-hmm. I think they, that's a, yeah, gunpowder. Nitrogen. Yeah. Anyway, it was said that more tourists came from England to see the caves than were actually citizens of Kentucky at the time. Wow. Well, how, so they was very popular. That's, I, I yeah. know, was still. the population of Kentucky I, it was, in the it late was small, yeah. still. century. It was considered the only rival in uh, the United States for tourism was Niagara Falls. Wow. Was, wow. Those are the two biggest tourist draws in the country. Really? Yeah. Wow. I know. Uh, this is famous. This isn't really like a household name. Yeah. I know. You think I've it would it, be more well that, known. I didn't know they were that big that long ago. They're a huge tourist attraction now too. I mean, they're they're. I mean, I've heard tons of it. Of people go there every year. And probably on the East Coast is probably more of a. Yeah, it is. I'm yeah. Sure it is. And, and rich and famous like Edwin Booth had visited there. Charles Dickens, Ralph Waldo Emerson, and Prince Alexis of Russia had Where? visited. So it was it was the shizzle. Oh my god! As the kids say, still, <laughs> oh my and always god. have, and always will in my mind. So uh, what, the guides would like carry these open flame torches to light the way through the dark, slick, and often narrow passages. And sometimes the tourists would give them a, a nickel or maybe even a dime, Ooh. and you would use the the um, torches and you would smoke that tourist's name on the ceiling. The ceilings were usually white or whitish. So oh. my name's you know Richard Henry Jenkins. They'd write Richard Henry Jenkins on the ceiling. It's kind of an early graffiti. Fuck yeah, you. rich so, people. Yeah. Well, let me give him a nickel. And in 1830s, so you <laughs> burn off. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a dick move. Ecologically priceless. Yeah, no, I agree. Probably bacterial active. I hate it. Yeah. I, I I'm with you. I'm with you. You preach to the choir. I am. Boatmen, guys, they they take them in the channels in boats, right? They they paddle the tourists along the a place called the Echo River. And is that inside the cave? Inside the cave. Oh, oh. Everything I'm going to talk about is inside the cave. I'm and, scared already. And it snaked through the caverns inside the caves, right? And there was was a, it supple? Oh, it was very supple. <laughs> Sometimes it, at some points of it, the uh, boatman would sing a little snatch of a popular song. And then just, oh my God, are you kidding me? No, How? it's not because of that. Well, are you guys both adolescents? No, it's well, just... no, but that, it's not a word in that context. <laughs> a snatch of a, a song. snatch of a song. A snatch of a song. Yeah, why not? I've never a heard a phrase. A snippet, that's... maybe. No, I'm saying a snatch. Okay. <laughs> it's like the word. A pussy of a song. <laughs> oh, no, different context. Anyway, okay, a portion of a song has that. They sing yeah. the chorus An of excerpt. a popular song, and then a few seconds later, the song would echo back to them as the tourist oohed and ah. Yeah. The whole the whole part, part the whole song would echo back. Just I can oh my god if that happened now there'd be countless thirteen year old boys just yelling penis, penis. and like shit like that <laughs> into the distance. Snatch, yeah, snatch and penis, snatch and penis. Dances were held in the caves in the rotunda. Oh. That's how big they were. Various. There were there were there were multiple huge ballroom. <gasps> like, good uh, place for a high school prom. Yes. What? Cool. Yes. A high school no, reunion. Terrible idea. Bands would play. They go very often because Kentucky summers are hot, 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 yeah, that and makes humid. Sense. So you go like It'd have be, a dance. Probably be nice and cool in there, and, huh? Or yeah. listen to a band inside the yeah. very, very cool cave. Yeah, I wonder how the acoustics were. Rent it out for wedding. Yeah, cool. Yeah, probably, probably echoey. I mean, yeah, yeah. Say. yeah. But still, I'm sure there's uh, not nostalgia. What's we're looking for? Uh, huh? The part of the the, the intrigue of, of going in the cave to play oh, dance. I see. The je ne sais quoi. No, still not it. But uh, you know what I mean. I don't know what you mean. The interest. Yeah. Not, okay. Uh, I can't think of the word. The Part draw. of the draw, yeah. Yeah. The uh, Sometimes ministers 
would take their whole congregation in there on a hot, sultry Sunday and preach the gospel to them. So huh. they had a, a, a particular kind of a big cave recess, can be called the church, because preachers would go in there and, and do their services during the summer so often. Huh. So Krogan, Dr. Dr. Krogan, he thinks he can take the caves big time, right? Even bigger than they were. So despite their popularity, the, the caves were still pretty hard to get to. They had little crappy roads getting there. And you couldn't stay any closer than a town about eight miles away at like a, you know, an, a, a tavern. Which back then was a three days journey. <laughs> <laughs> it was not easy to get there and stay there, right? So he built private roads all the way to the, his, the main entrance of his cave system on his own dime. And he also built a hotel really close to the cave yeah. entrance so the sightseers and adventurers could stay closer to the caves and also pay him for the privilege. Yeah, yeah he sure. got money. Smart businessman. Yeah. He... Krogan also had a, another motive, though, that we will talk about here for the rest of the show. He was a cryptozoologist, and he wanted to ooh. find an underground mole people ooh, ooh. civilization. I, I should have gone that direction. I'd have to make it up, but uh, that's that's. I like that direction. I like I like the way you're thinking. I did it. He Break wanted to possibly save his own life. Huh? <gasps> you see, Doctor Krogan had tuberculosis. Oh, consumption. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not good. Let's have a little aside about tuberculosis. Oh, I know yes, we did that. We can. Didn't we do that in the Mercy Brown episode, episode 52? I actually looked it oh, up. The Mercy Brown Vampire episode. But we'll do a little quick one. Preparacion. Uh, the TB, tuberculosis, was known as the White Plague, or as Jack said, consumption. Mm-hmm. It was effectively a at least a half-death sentence. If you, got, if you showed the symptoms, at least 50% mortality. So it was... It could be fast or slow. You remember the um, galloping? The, the, the galloping, yeah. So I know, we, again, we touched on it then, but I want to mention this, how deadly TB was, because Dr. Krogan is going to do something that seems strange and desperate, but you have to understand just how terrifying and hopeless having tuberculosis was. They didn't have antibiotics, y'all. No antibiotics. There are two kinds of TB, as I said, con- this, uh, slow consumption and gall- galloping consumption. The slow consumption, you can live for years. It's not a great way to live. But you can live for many years and, and sometimes not die from it at all. Satine from Moulin yes, Rouge. Yes, had, had presumably slow consumption because the galloping consumption, it's weeks or months until Aren't you there, die. Can people have tuberculosis and have no symptoms? That's most people. Like 90%. Me? Oh. At least. 90%? Nowadays, probably more like 90 95%. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Right now, I, I, I was, I was going to cut this out. Right now, I will cut this out. Africa, in, in African parts of Asia, oh. I mean, the vast majority of people are carrying TB, TB right now, yeah. as we speak. Okay, so... They just don't. Only 5 or 10% So they don't something. have symptoms, but can they can transmit it? I, You know, no. I, I know you have to have symptoms in, in, to, to, to transmit, transmit it. it. Okay. Yes. And by the way, TB was everywhere. It's bacteria, right? Mm-hmm. But it's highly infectious. Very highly infection, and it's airborne. So the it worst. spread through coughing, spitting, sneezing, even talking, talking or singing could Close spread t- tuberculosis. Obviously, kissing is right out. So it was, it was just, <laughs> what, little Monty Python. You couldn't kiss, you'd get TB. You don't kiss a TB, like kissing sateen? Yeah. Oh, no, so, dude. So Obi-Wan, John, you're going to get Christian's the TB. Christian's got it. Buddy. Yeah, he do. I can't remember his name. Christian. I, Christian. I thought it was Obi-Wan. So... Again, as I was going to say, Carrie anticipated that. Most who, who get it never show the symptoms. About 10% do, and those symptoms are pretty awful. About a half who show symptoms die, which is, again, think about that mortality rate. You, you started showing symptoms, you're 50% going to die. That would be just horrifying to you. Yeah. 
it typically attacks the lungs. It's not just the lungs, though, but it, it usually attacks the lungs, and its most well-known variety is, is, is the lung. It kind of shreds your lungs with little holes called tubercules or tuber tubercules? Tubercules. Tubercules, uh, hence the name. So if you were in the unlucky 10%, your life was either over very soon or awful or both. It was called yeah. consumption because it was a wasting disease. It, it sort of consumed. It seemed to consume its victims. You had no appetite. It was this horrible racking cough, often accom accompanied by big globs of blood come, you know, or, or even little bits of your lungs. Ooh. You were, again, it's, it's tearing up your lungs. You were constantly short of breath. You never catch your breath. You had terrible chest pains. Essentially, you waste away, away right before the eyes of your loved ones. There's no one, nothing anyone can do about it. There's no cure for it. Yeah. Some famous people, I, I just looked this up today. Some famous people that had to be, that died from tuberculosis include Andrew Jackson, mm -hmm. the hated mm. president who. Sorry, not okay. sorry. All right. Jane Austen. Now you're sorry, Carrie. Yeah, now you're sad. Yeah. Now you're sad. Uh, Franz Kafka, one of my mm. favorite writers. Metamorphosis. King Edward VI of England. George Orwell, another yeah. favorite. Oh. Didn't Edgar Allan Poe likely die from TB? No. No, he didn't. Who have am TB. I thinking of? Uh, uh, someone else. Maybe you're thinking of. What's the writer? Maybe you're thinking of Vivian Lee, the <laughs> actress. Uh, here's another sad thing for Carrie: Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah, that's really. A real bad one. Yeah. Yeah. How uh, did I not know that? Chopin, Thoreau, Keats, Chekhov, D. H. Lawrence, Emily Bronte, Cardinal Richelieu, Khalil Gibran, the great Arab uh, poet, John Smith, the English explorer. And naturally, Pocahontas, because she made the mistake of trusting a white man yeah. who gave her TV and killed her. So it, it was, you know, yeah. legion and terrifying and scary. It caused a quarter of all deaths in Europe and the U.S. in the 19th century. A wow. quarter is by far the yeah. leading cause of death. Yeah. It was like TB least, and syphilis. In between, you're going to die from either one of those. In between, you know, wars and famine, it was the number one cause of death. Huh. The sanatoriums that would open were... Uh, especially later in the 19th century, were opened all over the place to treat the disease. But it, they treated it in, you know, air quotes through like yeah. fresh air and rest yeah. and pretty well, close to they didn't know what the I heck know. they were doing. And no moving yes. whatsoever. Yes. Whatsoever. Whatsoever. <laughs> Sometimes I've heard like they had put weights on your chest yes. and strap you down Strapped and have you, you sit there and, and don't move for the next 10 hours. Not I mean, my brain days. would eat itself. Huh. You were just supposed to bitch. just, eat, but just yeah. lay in bed and take it easy. It was Ugh. awful. Psychological torture. I would much rather just have the galloping consumption that looked mm -hmm. like that. It was, it, but it was this kind of slow rolling epidemic that just brought terror to wherever it spiked. It would spike in a locality and people would just shit their pants. And they should. It's really scary. It's getting scarier now, y'all. Yeah. Antibiotic resistance. It is. Oh. There, is resi there is a vaccine also. There it's is. It's not great, but it can cut the, the possibility. It's not a, a, you know, 99.9% .9 thing at all. It's not but it can, it at can all cut, I think I read it can cut by about 60% the likelihood that you show symptoms, which is good, which is a major improvement, yeah. which also means the anti-vaxxers will be on it in no time <sighs> and the TB will be back again. Well, so wait, they give you the vaccine after you contract the disease? Uh, no. No. Before, but it, it'll, like, if you're like, again, 90% of people, 80% of people have it, have the TB, you can get yeah. the vaccine. You know, I don't know how it works, to be honest yeah. with you. I think you can get it both preventive okay. and post-exposure prophylaxis. That good BCG vaccine. Aren't you going to laugh, Carrie? You said prophylaxis. Yeah. Prophylaxis. Oh, you laugh at Snatch. Great, Carrie. I didn't laugh because of what Snatch means. You're the only I one laugh that thought because that. it didn't mean what you thought I it meant. It was so, didn't, no. didn't work in your context. I just said prophylaxis. 
So <laughs> that's the setting for TB. Dr. Krogan has TB. It was most, again, most cures were really just about prolonging life oh, and God. kind of alleviating symptoms at best. Dr. Krogan wanted to do better than that. That's bad. Did he have a crackpot theory? He had TB. He had a desire to, to improve the way we treated TB. And he now had the biggest cave system in the world. And the money. And well, the, I'm and not the money. I'm, what does cave system have to do Caves with have a naturally okay. stable environment, as you know. Oh, I see. Temperature and pressure oh. and humidity are fairly constant inside a cave system, a large cave especially. That last part, by the way, humidity was key because TB sufferers often sought drier climates. Yeah. Like Arizona, you know. It, yeah. Was no. Like Doc, uh, Doc Holliday in, yeah. was in Tombstone, Arizona because he had TB. Yeah. So they sought these drier co- climates, which did alleviate the buildup of phlegm and it eased the coughing and, uh, coughing and chest pain. So the, the low humidity inside the cave system was, was a, a good thing in Dr. Krogan's mind. It was thought also that it, it could even heal the lungs and potentially save the sufferer from the ultimate fate of consumption by staying in this kind of environment. The, the mammoth caves <laughs> were seen as kind of a, a healthy place, generally speaking. One wow. visitor, well, his name is Horace Carter Hovey. That's because, a name. But his 19th century names were awesome. Horace Carter Hovey. So, yeah. He wrote, quote, the air is slightly exhilarating and sustains one in a ramble of five or ten hours, so that at its end he is hardly sensible of fatigue. What? I'm pretty sure that's a good thing. Yeah. What he meant yeah, is that it made you feel better. Yeah. It improved huh. your health. How, like, is there more oxygen in the air? Like, what he thinks? It, like- it's just, like I said, it's stable. It's low humidity. It was said to make you kind of almost a preservative. In fact, people had noticed that animals that died in the cave were kind of like mummified. Oh. And people, too. The Native Americans had been using the cave for burials for centuries. Yeah. And they would find, they, when they first started exploring oh. the cave system, and later, too, they'd find these kind of semi-mummified Native American remains. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's... Was it, wait, it was less humid than the air surrounding? Yes, much less. That makes much, sense much, for much, the much preservation uh-huh. of a body. And maybe if it was more acidic, too. Even some early nice unlucky though. cave explorers, you know, white died, cave explorers, yeah. died and were preserved, and their bodies were found much later, barely decomposed at all. So timbers, by the way, that were brought in years before, 20, 30 years before, for the saltpeter mining operations, were found when Krogan bought the land in 1839. They were pristine. Wow. Really? Yeah. So it did have this kind of preservative effect That's on cool. biological things. So he's thinking... So he hears these stories. He's very intrigued. <laughs> what? You see, he's, he's like, um, thinking. you know, he's thinking, I got me an idea percolating in my little Kentucky brain. He figures that, he, so he sends his brother Nicholas to the caves and visits them. I think this is just before he bought them. And he reported how, he reported back, yes, the, the, it's true. The cave air is incredibly refreshing, blah, blah, blah. So this convinced Krogan to buy the caves. Wondering, you know, are they naturally therapeutic? And remember, I have TB. So, yeah. John Krogan thought of a plan that was so crazy, it just might work. Which is pretty much never true yeah. in real life. But it's a great saying. Maybe if you're Hannah Montana. Yes, yes. <laughs> then it's probably a good chance it'll work. He had long been treating patients with TB at his hospital, right? Currently, it's now 18... 42, he has 16 such patients, or maybe it's 1840 or so, who have TB that he is under his care. That That is 16 people who are very likely to die in the not-too-distant future yeah. unless something can be done about it. 
keep this in mind, since death was so sure and your existence during that time before you die was, no was pretty no. terrible, Krogan reasoned that why not try something dramatic, even desperate, sure. even kind of weird? What do you have to lose? Yeah, I, I'd do it. I, 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 I probably would, too. I'm on his, I'm, I'm, I'm on his side. So he had his slaves. You know, and the human beings he owned, which is a thing. Yeah. That's where we're not on his side. I know, but it's 1840. Doesn't matter. He set them to building the ultimate underground TB sanitarium. He built it just kind of, he started out, it was just inside the main cave, a little bit deep into the main cave entrance, right? It was called Main Cave, because they, <laughs> they named things pretty cool. Very creative. Yeah. I mean, hey. And, and the most of it, the bulk of it was in a huge cavern called the Star Chamber. That's a better okay, name. So yeah, better much name. better. You go from main cave to yeah. star, star chamber. chamber. Yeah. So it's a little deep into the cave, but not super, super deep, right? Other buildings were constructed in passageways. Also, some of the nearby passageways built some other buildings. Some of these uh, passageways were called Willie's Spring, yeah. <laughs> Audubon Avenue, I guess named after John James Audubon, and Pensaco Avenue. So like like the, the tunnels were almost what called, thought of as streets, kind of. They were yeah. passages of, of travel yeah. within the cave system. Wow. In all, the sanitarium would consist of two large stone-walled cabins and eight or ten wooden structures that were usually about 12 by 18 feet with canvas roofs. One of the stone huts would be where the patients would take their air, take the airs, right? They'd sit there and relax and breathe in the, the you know, not the humid, the dry, yeah. nice, stable, preservative air. And that, that was a normal thing you did at a European uh, spa, tuberculosis spa. The other stone hut was used as a communal dining room. And the, all those co- cottages, that was where people lived. So it's, it's a dream. It's a win-win. By 1842, everything was ready. And Krogan invited 15 of his patients with consumption to come out to his cave-based sanitarium in the countryside. Okay, who got Which, left out? I was I'm, I'm going to say. I'm thinking uh, somebody died. Oh. <laughs> I no, I think likely. they drew straws. And they were like, listen here, Mary. <laughs> Who's not going in? <laughs> You're kind of a bitch. You don't really want no to. No one there. likes you. We're going to be living in close quarters. Mm, you're not coming in. So, and this, by the way, was the very first tuberculosis hospital in the United States. Ever? Later, there'd be tons of them. Ever. There'd be, there'd be in, in every major city within a few decades. But uh, at this time, that was the first one. Huh. Oh, wow. That's odd. I know. That I found strange. that odd, too. It's not I was, like yeah, tuberculosis I, I, was new. I hope my source is right on that. But that's what I read. And huh. it does seem a little late for that. Yeah. Because yeah. I know there was plenty in, in, in Europe by then. TB really became big, big, big after in the, in the second half of the 19th century. It, it was already big. Don't get me wrong. It's already killing a lot of people by 1842. But it would just get worse. Yeah. Huh. The plan was for his patients to spend a full year inside the cave, day and night, wow. never ah. leaving that healing atmosphere. Not once, never, huh. for a year. Can you imagine that? That's critical. Cave people, you it was absolutely so critical. Yeah, you become one of those. Crop they probably already were so pale. Well, yeah, yeah, probably. It, 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 it meant literally never leaving the cabins, not even for a uh. quick trip back to civilization or even a little glimpse of the sun. Never. You had to stay. That was his idea oh, of treatment. No. Stay in that air, stay in that preservative, that healing atmosphere. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, uh, effectively. Vitamin D of deficiency. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. And they didn't have vitamin D supplements. Yeah. Well, there you go. And well, even if they did. Effectively, though, he had just made 15 very sick Americans into 19th century cave people. Yeah. Wow. This is the allegory of the cave. Where's Plato? <laughs> Long dead from, ironically, TB. No, probably not. <laughs> Honestly. So. Those 15 pioneers of medical science went into the caves expecting to come out one year later cured, really, or at least a lot healthier. I mean, they were were pretty excited about it. 
this was, hey, this could cure us. Look, it, it preserves bodies and it yeah. timber and things like that. Yeah, this could true. actually cure, uh, cure you. I'm, they didn't know. They didn't I'm, have germ theory back yeah, then. Yeah, there was no bacterial theory. I'm kind of worried about where this is going. I am it's, too. It's going like, to all turn out fine. Don't worry okay. about it. Everything's going to be great. <laughs> That's funny. There's. It always turns out well when an eccentric billionaire tries to cure <laughs> an, a currently uncurable disease. <laughs> with a cave. Yeah, with some eccentric manner. Uh, it's like contact. Contact. Where the, the the billionaire just tries to live in the space station to keep the cancer from eating him alive. Contact? Yeah. Contact is Jodie Foster. I'm aware. Are you thinking of Prometheus? Nope. Okay. That had a billionaire played by Guy Pierce. That's exactly who I'm talking about. That's not Contact. That's Prometheus. Oh, no, no. Wait, who played the Contact billionaire then? Could have been Guy uh, Pierce too. I don't too. remember. No, it was, it was too <laughs> I don't know. He was too young. I don't know. Too, anyway. Uh, okay. Eccentric billionaire. Caves. God love him. Space stations. Jeff Bezos is going to go to space. Oh so the residents tried to kind of obey the rhythms of the outside world as best they could, though. They did their chores by day and they slept at night. They tried to keep a, a normal yeah. schedule, right? During the daylight hours, when it was daylight outside, they, the lard burning lamps were ratcheted up to kind of stim- simulate daytime inside the cave. During the night, they would tone down that fire and they'd go to their cottages and they'd light their taper candles just like they probably would have back home during the night. Yeah. So they tried to live as normal as they as normally as they could. And now you're wondering what they did. They had plenty to do. They could explore the caves all they wanted, because as long as they stayed in the cave system, anywhere they went was oh, fine. So, so they, they were allowed to move? They're allowed to go all over. Yeah. yeah, he didn't make them just I mean, they took the airs and sat sat down the and there wasn't a ton to do, but they were absolutely encouraged to go around mm-hmm. and explore the caves. They could talk, they could read. And read and read and read, but generally just relax since that was, again, remember, that was how consumption was supposed to be eased at the time. Slaves brought the meals prepared outside into the cave. Mostly, apparently, one uh, person who did it said that venison was often the main dish. Wow. Yum, yum, yum. Oh, probably just because it was plentiful in the area. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure it was. It's it's funny. How how come we decided that cows were going to be our main source of meat in America and not deers? Mass. The amount of meat that they can yield. Yeah, I guess you're right. But but we fattened up cattle. We could have like big fat herds of deer right But now. even the wild yeah, cattle that were eventually deer. domesticated, okay. yeah, had a lot more meat in their bones But I feel like venison, deer. venison was a much more common meal. Probably in the U.S. In the U.S. Back in the olden days. Depending on where you go. Is now. now it's pretty rare. I've Maybe never had Great it. Great Plains, no. Have you had it? No. Have you? Nope. No, me neither. No interest. Don't plan I, to I try either. It. I try it. I feel like it'd be like gamey and I don't know. I don't know. In kind of regulating the difference of day from night as best they could, some even forgot there was even an outside world. Some I okay. Know, there's some this letters is really like, the this is allegory like, of the cave. Yeah, well. uh, and plus, also by the way, for a treat, every Sunday Krogan brought in a minister to conduct Episcopal services. Oh, what a fake out! Things well, were not so bad. At he all. had to tend to their souls. Absolutely. Most importantly. After a short time, many of the patients seemed to feel better. So there you go, Carrie. It's not bad at all. Good. One patient, in a letter to his family, wrote that, quote, I, 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 he felt strong and took exercise freely, preserved a good appetite, and seemed to it seemed in the ascendant decidedly in the line of health. 
<laughs> People took a while to get to the point back. Or oh they could just said, I'm God. feeling much better. Yeah, I know. I, I, an ascendant. Right. Fuck out of here. I mean, Ralph yeah. Waldo Emerson trying to be bitch. <laughs> you took a long time to get to the point in your letters because there was nothing else to do. So that's, you, you, you know, wrote, that's a good you wrote point. like that. You had to be fanciful with your language just to pass the time. What do you think that sentence would look like in a modern text? How would you write that? You'd have like a, a hangry emoji with a thumbs up. No, yeah, it'd be yeah, just because all he's he's saying is I feel pretty good and I have a good appetite. Which remember for TV yeah. people that was a big deal. They lost all that weight because they couldn't eat. Yeah, so you know, you just said it. He just wanted to say that he seemed in the ascendant decidedly in the line of health. <laughs> so at this point, people feel better. Their attitudes is really, really good and very, very positive. That same writer said, "We are pioneers under all the disadvantages of such, and after generations will weep." reap the benefit of our experiment. So they felt like they're doing a great, bold, ex- medically experimental thing. It was a tough way to live, but it's like, it's worth it. We're getting better. This is going to be a big deal. Because they, remember, they thought they were curing TB. Yeah. The worst disease, the number one killer in the world. But that's also, what are they going to do? Bring every TB sufferer from the country to no, Kentucky? just the rich ones. The ones yeah. who can pay them enough I'll money. say I'll say this. With this early success, Krogan got really excited. He saw... Well, dollar signs probably. Yeah. He started planning to build a, a, a huge hotel inside the, his cave system. And he's also going to expand greatly the hotel just outside. Because think about it, TB was a growth business. It was yeah. everywhere. It was massive. It affected a lot of people. He knew that he, if he could prove this cure, he would have massive people rushing into his perpetual twilight to try yeah. to cheat death. I mean, so he was, it was a big deal. Potentially. Yeah. And he, he's starting to see his peeps get better. Yeah. Feeling better, writing home, having appetites, walking around, exercising. Hey, everything's good. Everything's going to end just fine, believe me. So here's the problem, though. Living in a cave is not natural for humans, right? Even actual cave people, they didn't live in caves 24-7. People think... What cave people? You know, cave... cave oh. Neanderthals, right? Yeah, they, they just slept men. there. Yeah. They just slept there. They, yeah. they, they they sheltered there for sleep and from storms and to hide from scary animals. And or, when they got or, sunburned. And in. the caves were, you know, were kind of niches. They were usually kind of shallow niches or if they, even when they're deep, they lived yeah. up toward the mouth of the cave, maybe had a big burning fire to keep out the cave hyenas and the cave lions bears. and the big old bears. bears. But otherwise, you lived close to the front. You didn't live... Deep inside, we're in the perpetual dark. Yeah. So it yeah. just it wasn't natural to live we like need sun. that. And you, we absolutely do. For many reasons. Yeah. So the absence of natural light does some pretty unnatural things to the body. And like you oh. said, having no vitamin D deficiency can, can, can cause really, really can bad can be the least of your worries, even. And, and, and Psychology. Inside, the, the, it was constantly not just dank, but damp. Dank. There's all that water. The water just trickling everywhere. Remember, this is underground. You have water coming down, seeping through the, the above you into your cave constantly. It's just it's just always kind of soggy and and wet and clammy, all day long, every day, and it, which kind of countered the whole low yeah. humidity thing. I was gonna say, wait, what? Yeah, it seems the air is, yeah. is, is very low humidity, but it's a dank, clammy atmosphere inside the caves, and it just and it made for this just very depressing landscape of this stony dark world that's always wet and never 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 lit by the sun yeah so it it was quickly they started realizing this is not a a fun place to be this is like time machine those creepy ground people oh yeah yeah it's exactly what were they the morks or something (laughs) yeah the morlocks whatever i'm scared of them you should be because they will eat you they will the caves also could be pretty damn 
cold. The ambient temperature was about 60 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 15.5 degrees Celsius. That's that's not not warm, unless you're from Minnesota. And it's like, oh, this is nice. But most of us know that's pretty cold. At the time, though, they encouraged the cold and they discouraged people from, from lighting big fires to get warmed. What the fuck? Because TB was supposedly helped by cold air, which is really weird. Again, later, that yeah. would be more of a drier thing. But at the time, the, the European sanator- sanitariums were in like the Alps. We are in Switzerland and places like that up in the mountains because it was thought that cold air, and those would be drier too, but cold air yeah. was thought to, to be helpful for TB. Nope. They didn't know. But doesn't bacteria grow in warmth and yeah, but moisture? Cold also can depress your immune system. Oh. So. And it was cold all, all the time. Again, 24-7 at 60 degrees. Again. That's yeah. not warm. No bueno. Yeah. Their world there, again, was dark, as you know. Again, it wasn't at the entrance of the cave. It was a little deeper in. Okay, this dark world of theirs had to be lit. And since this was 1842 and light bulbs were not going to be invented for quite some time by the evil that was Thomas Edison. He didn't steal enough ideas yet. (laughs) Yeah, he was (laughs) not quite there to steal everyone else's ideas. The cave world had to be warmed and illuminated by torches, oil lamps, and lanterns that were fueled by lard. Mm. Greasy, nasty lard. Yummy. Just put some Crisco in it. Does (laughs) does it smell like bacon? (laughs) There's also this big central fire that was in the the living area, and each cottage had a stove to heat their little cottage a little bit anyway, and, and also candles. To, to light so all of these things i mean that's a lot of fire yeah right yeah. smoke man in a cave yeah. in a cave that's deep underground with a fairly narrow entrance by the way so there's the ash and the smoke is just streaming from these lanterns and the fire uh so were all the walls black <laughs> i know they must have been yeah they had to be and what about their lungs like wouldn't that hinder the we'll, we'll treatment get- and the <laughs> We'll get to that. Uh, so so uh, it fouled the air and, and making this cave sanitarium into just a very, very nasty place because the only ventilation was the cave entrance. That was it's like London. Yeah. Otherwise, remember, they're, they're way, well below ground here. So the air got really, really nasty. One of the inmates Ugh. wrote that inmates? Was, that's, that's, that's legit. Patience. Uh, I, I like to mix it up. Patients, okay. inmates, residents, whatever. Man. In this context, it works. Yeah, it does. Really, I remember. I mean, they are. They have to be down there for a year. He wrote that he felt like he had lived in a quote smokehouse and was so seriously injured by it that he thought he might want to leave. Wow, that's for me. Again, I, I want to stress: they're thinking they're curing themselves from something that's going to kill them. Yeah. So that that it had to be pretty bad to want to leave. Yeah. Yeah. So at least Krogan, he did have the sense, as I mentioned earlier, to have the meals prepared outside and brought in to the patients every day, three times a day, presumably. Yeah. By, How the hell would you have? A- well, you could have. You could have done. The, I mean, they had fire. They could have done the cooking inside, but they and didn't then wash their yeah, dishes in the river. So they had. This, they'd have the slaves cook the uh, meals outside and bring them in to a, a large rock near the entrance. And one of the slaves that did this all the time was named Alfred, right? And he would later write or, or, t- or tell someone that he would say work. He could write. <laughs> I don't know. You've got to work. He'd bring the food in, and his quote. He said, "I used to stand on that rock and blow the horn to call them to dinner." There were 15 of them, and they looked more like a company of skeletons than anything else. Oh, my God. So they were 
not getting better. This is, it, it turns out, yeah, the worst. It, and, and I mean, yeah, it, it essentially it, they're why they they felt like initially they're getting better. They're now clearly getting worse. So were they? It was just the fifteen patients in there. Who there was, there. You know, yeah, right. I don't know if Dr. Krogan himself lived inside. I'm sure he was in there a lot, but treating them. But I don't think he lived. He lived in there. Really? I don't because wasn't so. he trying to cure himself just too? Say that, yeah. You know, maybe he if, was. You know what? That's a great question. I do not know the answer if he lived in there with them or not. Although I wouldn't be surprised if, as soon as it started getting uncomfortable and like bad, he's like, "I'm gonna go live in my comfy ass hotel. Y'all can <laughs> stay in the smoky ass cave and I, have your food." Yeah, I don't know. Brought to you and have no sun. But I mean, no, no nurses, no. Yes, staff. Anybody else? You didn't really. I mean, helping. you just you just took the airs and read. Oh, that's you had true. slaves attend to everything else, you know. So I don't know. Now, injected. if you're going to ask where they went to the bathroom, I don't know. Well, but I'm sure I kind of big. was going to ask that. I next. don't. I don't know. I think we can infer. But let's just assume but somebody would need to clean up the chamber pot. Yeah. Guess what, Carrie? They owned humans. But they also so had that a was, river. That, that was not hard. Oh, gross. Well, could be foul. Those eyeless fish, man. Come on. I know. I'm not I saying know. I would do that. I wouldn't live in a cave <laughs> to cure my tuberculosis. Huh. Uh, okay. So a- anyway, it was obvious that things. We're, we're not, not going well yeah. anymore. Remember that patient who wrote how great he felt and he seemed in the ascendant decidedly yeah. in the line of health? Remember him? Update, please. A little while later, he wrote back to his family, quote, sometimes despite all my exertions to preserve cheerful feelings, I feel sad and desire above all things to return <laughs> home again. Well, that's because of no sun. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 It was, and yeah. declining health. <laughs> well, that's a good yeah. point, though. It wasn't just a nasty, smoky atmosphere. And it wasn't just a dank, wet dampness. It was this absence of natural lightness and the isolation, the loneliness. Why do you think we get sad in the winter? Yeah. The patients uh, also, I'm sure, got on each other's nerves. They're living in close quarters, 15 people, all sick. Who killed each other. Or who, like, had sex and made a baby. Because... What's happening? What's he saying? What now? <laughs> That's what, I mean, come on. They all had tuberculosis. You they lock them the all in a cave, something's yeah. going to happen. No, I don't, I don't think so. There's a bunch of, they had no energy. That is true. He did say they look like skeletons. Yeah, it's not. I think that's the yeah. furthest thing from their minds. But still, all the patients stuck it out for, for a while anyway. During the time of this treatment, only one patient would actually get up and leave. Wow. Others complained, and, and they brought up the possibility of leaving. That doesn't bode well for the future. Well, no, but, but Krogan was always able to keep them there by, say, by appealing that they needed to stay there for the sake of their health, yeah. ironically, yeah. sadly. So the name of the one guy who left was Oliver Hazard Perry Anderson, Mm-mm. because three names were not enough for a respectable man of the 19th century. You had to have four. So he did. OHPA, as I call him, would write, I left the cave yesterday under the impression that I would be better out than in as my lungs were constantly irritated with smoke and my nose offended by disagreeable effluvia. Ooh, effluvia. The necessary consequence of its being so tenanted without ventilation. So he had four names and he wrote like that. (laughs) He said the word effluvia. He's a great guy. Um, He said it's smart. Fortunately, very soon he would die in the outside world. Yeah. Too soon? Well, that, you know, nice? okay. no. Too soon of a death? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> During this period, by the way, when they're in there taking the treatment, they never stopped the tours. People, oh, tourists were coming God. through night and all the time, every day. Well, where they were, they were coming through? Absolutely. It was the main entrance. So weren't those tourists at risk the of entrance. contracting TB? 
Yes. I, 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 no germ theory. Probably a little bit. Yeah, you didn't know. I don't, they didn't know that in 1842. Yeah, no. Oh. Tuberculosis wasn't thought of as a contagious disease. You know, it was disease. fairly, I, I, gotta, I, did read, really. I did read the time when it was thought of as contagious, and it wasn't long after this that it was that people realized. They didn't know germ theory, but they realized it was contagious. Yeah, yeah. Because it took a long time. TB was chic. For a time, like 1830s and I think 40s. Because all them celebrities. It was like, it was like heroin chic of the 80s or 90s, whenever that was, where having that skinny, pale look was actually cool for a short while. Very, it it was like, Uh, seriously. Until everybody who, until they started realizing, yeah, how serious it was. And And they, yeah, they'd give it to you if you, and then they Yikes. and then they realized that it was infectious, and they did a total one eighty. After that, TB sufferers weren't chic anymore. They were now often Pariah, treated like lepers, yeah. yeah, and quarantined and things like that. But for a while, it was. And I think this was before they realized this how infectious it was. So these tourists are coming through. Oh. I mean, Doctor Krogan had to make a living. Come on, give him a break. Oh. They'd pass no. through on those had a living guided tours, and along the way, they would spot these the, the patients. You know, oh uh, kind of. In their hospital gowns, they're moving around, they're murk, they're gaunt, they're listless, and they must have looked like these spectral skeletons. Like it's The Descent, the movie The Descent. They're they're slipping in and out of the caves, their muffled coughs, their eyes averted. It's a great family vacation. (laughs) Look at the freaks, kids. This is like a movie. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they they, they were in terrible shape. They were getting worse. They were wasted and pale. And sick and coughing. Ugh, it must have been horrible to see them. But, you know, they were part of, they, for that time, they were part of the attraction. I oh, my God. You could not see them. So, Krogan tried being, bringing in bushes and plants to kind of liven up the atmosphere, kind of make it a more livable living environment for the. In what? Ceramic pots? No, like, just like greenery. Throwing them on. He's like, like they'd cut a bunch of bushes and, and things and bring them in and strew them around. around. Oh. And they'd try to, and they'd bring plants in. But the foul air would kill the kill the plants yeah. almost immediately, <laughs> so the plants Jeez. would all die. It just made it sadder, and it, so it was really pretty soon evident that the patients, far from improving, were, were getting worse. It's likely they never were getting better. It, yeah, it was probably yeah. that it was just psychological. Yeah. they're all excited. They thought I might be cured. I'm I'm up for this, this and it's just kind of this initial hope. Dark. It kind of renewed their spirits, right? It was sort of a, a, a placebo effect, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And now the the obvious failure of the experiment very soon on kind of dashed those hopes, and if anything, made a, a, a downward spiral. They felt worse and worse very quickly. So already these painfully diseased lungs just got worse from the smoky air and the constant damp. So they they were probably getting worse than if they had just been outside and taken the normal cure yeah. in his uh, hospital in Louisville. They had gone into the cave in the fall of 1842. And before the year was out, the patients started to succumb to the disease that had put them in the caves in the, in the first place. Jesus. Five of the 15 would ultimately die inside the cave sanitarium of Dr. Krogan. Yeah. Ah. A third of them died in those few months that it, was, it, it existed. Their bodies were laid out on that big rock sort of near the entrance. And that became known as the corpse rock. Oh, nice. (laughs) This was the same rock that Alfred would, you know, ring the dinner bell or blow the dinner horn. So So, it was was dual use. The other skeletal patients would have to carry the Uh, dead one uh, out to the corpse rock. They had, they had, corpse rock was inside and they had this thing called slaves. uh, And the slaves did that. Absolutely not. Yeah. 
They the were, slaves went into the cave all the to time. retrieve oh. the dead Apparently body. Just, we established that the, There's the, the slaves are waiting on them all the time. Oh, I Bringing thought them food. Remember, I said they brought them food. I thought they just went. They put it on the corpse rock and then left, no. and, and then, then ran away. And then they no. came and got the food. They ding dong ditched the caves <laughs> with the food. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay, they are slaves. Okay, so it wasn't a union issue. They fed them and cleaned them, and they probably took care of the effluvia, if you know what I'm saying, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Okay. So yeah. yeah, they were in there with them. The worst. Ultimately, Krogan had to call off his experiment after just five months. Not the full year that he wanted to stay in. Again, a third had already died. He was sad and he was bitter by this this failure. So Krogan brought out the last nine patients into the light in early 1843. One travel writer, remember one had left, five had died. One travel writer wrote that when the survivors, quote, reached the light again, it was discovered that all their eyes were perfectly black no oh. matter what their original color had been. This was from the pupils essentially just because dilating just massively yeah. and taking over the entire, what is it, the iris? What's the color? The iris. Most, uh, yeah. iris. So they had been five months with no natural light whatsoever, oh, no sunlight at all. Holy shit. It was probably a little bit exaggerated on just how, but they were. They, I mean, I'm sure they, this, if this had happened today, oh, girl. Dr. Krogan would have signed like Ray-Ban or Oakley for a sweet sunglass sponsorship deal on, on the way out of there. I'm sure of it. He, was, oh he, he did not miss a buck. My eyes get like I'm in pain after walking out of Target. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine being <laughs> underground for five months. Can you imagine he's like, ah, oh my yeah. God! I walk out of class and I'm crying. Yeah. Ghostly pale, skeletal. I mean, it must honestly not kind of almost like Holocaust victims. Yeah, it, it must have or been. like oh sure, like yeah. demons, terrible like, shape. Yeah, yeah. Like ghouls. Krogan dismantled the wooden structures. But he left the stone huts because they were stone, and they yeah. remain in place to this day. Wow. Yeah. They're still in there. You know, That's freaky. Tour the mammoth caves. Yeah. All of the patients who made it out of that cave died over the next few years under Dr. Krogan's yeah. diligent care in That's his Louisville kinda, hospital. Yeah. TV. Yeah. They were going to die anyway. Yeah. You're still. correct. I wonder how accelerated it was I, I, just I, by that experience. I remember it was with 50% mortality. Yeah. This was 100%. For those 15. Yeah. So are, are these 14 yeah. of the 15? I, I, I don't know. And they died. I think we're counting, uh, what's his, Oliver? OP, whatever the hell. Oh, OHP. The guy who left. Oh, Opa. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> he, uh, he never, Krogan never talked or wrote about the patients who had died in the cave. He never owned up to what a colossal failure his experiment was. He, yeah. was, he was in denial for the rest of his life. In fact, he thought that he could still perfect his treatment. Oh he my. thought it could still, oh. be, there could still be a cure. He said, look, it was all the smoke. Yeah. It was the smoke and ash. That's a problem. Event. I've got an idea. I'm going to drill some holes into the no. roof all, from the top all the way down and ventilate the place and we'll be good. Let's do yeah. this. And then cause a fucking collapse. <laughs> so no one ever structural did. integrity. He probably realized that he would have no takers, so he never attempted to restart his yeah. subterranean sanitarium. Unfortunately. When did he die? How long did he live? He died in 1849 oh, of so tuberculosis. So six very, years later, yeah. he died. He had slow to be. He willed the caves and his 2,000 acres to his seven nieces and nephews. Remember, he never got Damn. married, never had kids. Right. Split it evenly. They would become known as the as Krogan's heirs because they owned the entire, most of the mammoth case system and all that land up until the 1920s. Damn. And yeah. they all kind of died out, and they had no issue, I guess. Well, they never that. sold it. I mean, and they sold it in pieces. But today is a national park. Yeah, and it's again one of the main tourist attractions in the country. Huh. It's very, very popular. We used, but I think Jack's right. It's more of a kind of an East Coast Southern 
thing because we I've I've heard of it only I've via heard of the internet, games, but not I didn't realize just how popular and how big a tourist attraction it was. Yeah. And yeah. How many people visited it every year and for how long? For uh, that was surprising too that it was huge in, in internationally in yeah, the early nineteenth century. Weird. Yeah, that was that was it was a big deal. So that's the story of Dr. Krogan's cave people, the sad failed experiment to cure, at the time, the world's... Yeah. I mean, this would be like trying to cure cancer. Yeah. It was that serious and a big of a deal if it had worked. And they... they I mean, you know, it wasn't yeah. completely crazy that it's kind no, of it might back. work. <laughs> he tried. I mean, he you know. He gave it his best. Yeah. And... Um, failed miserably. Failed and killed five people horribly. and six... A lot of people in the process. But he gave it a shot. He showed us some good old American gumption and took on the Z. So that's that is this our story. So Carrie? Dean? Tell him, oh. Tell him the stuff. Well, who are we and where are we? Yeah, <laughs> who are we? Um, we are the Weird World Podcast, and we can be communicated with at Weird World Podcast on Gmail at gmail.com. Very fancy. Weird World Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon, and World World Pod on Twitter. Thank you, Carrie. Yeah. Until next sure. time. I have a little disclaimer okay. that I want to make because when... At the end. What's happening? I know. I well, I didn't want to him. interrupt us because when we talked about... When you talked about how he wasn't married and we called him gay, uh-huh. like that's a bad thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> For those listen. of you who this is the first time you've ever listened to us... And you are deaf because listen and to me. By the way, they turned us off when we said that and sounded like homophobes, and they're not listening to this right now, just so you know. So, too yeah. late, Carrie. Sorry. Well, I can cut this out and put it at the front. That's a terrible idea. Oh. Ha. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see ya. Okay, bye. Bye. Love you. Love you. Especially if you're gay. Love you. Love you. <laughs> Well, you know, everybody's a little bit gay. Oh, my God, Carrie, just Oh, it. my God. Would you just stop? The- <laughs> <laughs>